When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you every week by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. Partnering with them is probably one of the best decisions I've made because I love public golf and Cog Hill is the epitome of good public golf in Chicagoland. Featuring four championship golf courses, including the world-famous Dubs Dread, Cog Hill brings the best of public golf to every player that steps on its property every single day. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at WorldwideGolfShops.com. If you want to play your best and you want to look your best, go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com today to check out everything they have. They've got the latest equipment, they've got the latest apparel, they've got training aids, they've got accessories, everything you could possibly think of to get you back in the game and to play your best every single time. WorldwideGolfShops.com You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm your friend and host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You could reach me on social media at Golf Unfiltered. You could send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. If I sound a little different right now, uh, I am battling what is confirmed to be a cold. And uh, in the age in which we live at the time of this recording, that is a, that is a scary few hours <laughs> to determine whether or not you have a cold or you have something much worse. But uh, that is the explanation for how I sound right now. And, of course, the older music or the original music at the beginning of the show lets you know that we are going to tiptoe back into the original format just for this week um, to talk a little bit about some current events in golf. And uh, there's been a lot of things swirling around the new uh, golf leagues that are sprouting up, the new golf tours that are budding, you might, might want to say. There's also a lot of talk about all the people who are involved, the countries that are involved, and the players who may be swayed to go and compete on these tours. Now, just to level set for the sake of kind of setting the foundation for today's show, the tours that we're talking about, in addition to the PGA Tour that we all know and love, and by the way, most of this, all of this rather, is affecting the men's professional side of the game. One of the tours is uh, backed by Saudi Arabia and is now being headed, at least in part, and I'll get into the details here in a second, by Greg Norman, the golfing great from Australia that we all know and love. Or, you know, I say that with a little bit tongue-in-cheek there. And the other being the Premier Golf League, or the PGL. Now, much has already been said about these two tours. The Greg Norman news has been just recently brought to light in the last couple of weeks at the time of this show. And as you could probably guess, a lot of opinions have already been shared about Greg Norman's, you know, does he need the money? Is he doing it just for money? What is the motive behind doing this? There's already a lot to be said 
about Saudi Arabia's involvement in all of this. And just to touch on that point for a second, a lot of what's been said is 100% true regarding everything that goes on in that part of the world. This is not a political podcast. Uh, We tiptoe in those waters every so often, of course, because you kind of have to in life. Sports is not immune to that topic. But anyone who pays attention to just life in general at the global scale knows that Saudi Arabia doesn't have the best reputation for treating not only its citizens, but also visitors, journalists, and business partners. And that is putting it very lightly. There's a term that goes in, or that applies here, rather, uh, that I hadn't heard before. It's called sports washing or sport washing. And essentially what this term implies, at least as it's affixed to Saudi Arabia's involvement in this entire situation, is you're bringing on or you're using the glitz and glam, the positive image of a sport, in this case golf, to somewhat wash away or mask the other things that go on in, in this case, your country. That's also why, at least one opinion could be, why they reached out to Greg Norman, a name and face that, for the most part, is still pretty well respected in golf, to lead their endeavor, which, at the time, again, of this recording, I I know I say that a lot, the plan is for this endeavor to be a 10-tournament series that will take place primarily on the Asian Tour, throughout 2022 with the suspicion or at least it's suspected that this will maybe gain some leverage into a full-fledged Saudi-backed professional golf tour. The next step in all of this is to get professional golfers, people that have names and talent levels that everybody knows and can appreciate, to participate in these tournaments. Obviously, there's already tournaments that take place in this part of the world, We've already heard the stories of massive appearance fees being paid to the likes of Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, you know, Tiger Woods, uh, and many, many, many other golfers that we all know. And when those players go and compete in these tournaments, they get a lot of blowback. A lot of people have some very strong opinions, and in my opinion, rightfully so, on, as to why they would want to go and participate. Now, I would like to take this up just a level or two or ten and think about what this means, not only for the game of golf itself, but specifically the professional game. And I want to view it from a consumer's perspective, because at the end of the day, that's what you and me and people listening to this podcast, that's what we are. We're consumers of this product of professional golf and it could change here in a little while. We could have more choices to choose from. For the longest time, the PGA Tour has always been the the only show in town. You know, at the highest level. Players from all around the globe go and compete on the PGA Tour for massive amounts of money, and we all come to know the names that do so. 
one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about recently, uh, not only in golf, but just, I guess, life in general, is this concept of choice, having choices before you, you know? We as people love choices. You can apply that to anything that you want, whether it be your favorite sports team, whether it be your favorite restaurant, whether it be your political affiliation, whether it be what anything at all. We love choices. Naturally, we prefer as few choices as possible. So think about that. Think about all the different, comp- I guess you could call it competition or different choices that you are faced with in your life. It's easier to make a choice when you have fewer choices to choose from. I mean, that's, that's obvious. That concept is touching on something that's called the paradox of choice. And what that essentially means at a very high level, because this is a very complicated subject, as the number of choices go up, the more difficult it is for someone to make any choice at all. Now, brands know this. Any company knows this. And I just want to be very clear. I totally agree that competition in any industry is a good thing. Having choices is a good thing. But brands know that as more choices are presented, those making the choices are going to have a little bit harder time. And so what do they do as a result or in in response to that? Marketing. That's where marketing comes in. So one way to explain this, even at a a more fundamental level, say you walk into a supermarket and you need to go buy a gallon of milk, for example, or a loaf of bread. You walk into that aisle or that that, uh, section of the store and you're going to be presented with so many choices to choose from. They're all milk or bread, but you've got 1% milk, 2% milk, skim. You've got different brand names. You've got different sizes, and you have different prices. All of these variables go into your decision-making process to help you make a choice. And what you're left with, whether you believe it or not, is this sense of control that you actually had complete control over what you just chose to do. The funny thing is is that you don't. You actually don't have any control. Sure, you, you can choose one thing or the other, but you are being presented the choices to choose from. That's, important. That's a very important distinction. Now, How do those choices get presented to you? How do they even make it to the table, so to speak? Well, that's money, right? That uh, Whoever has the most money and the most resources to put that product or whatever in front of you increases the chances of their product getting put in front of you. I know know this is all obvious, folks, but I'm, I'm just trying to explain 
at least how this relates to this new choice that could become reality very soon as far as professional golf goes. We are being presented as consumers with another item on the shelf. And nobody really asked for that. So if that's true, and I understand that there's probably arguments for and against that point, but if that's true, that nobody really asked for this new product, consumers notice it, question it, probably poke fun at it for a little bit, but are intrigued nonetheless. That's the hook that keeps people thinking. And what better way to bait that hook than to put on some really tempting bait, right? You need a big name. Greg Norman is the first big name. Not the biggest, but pretty darn big to find his way on this hook. When we talk about, or when we think about, you know, this whole paradox of choice thing and how we prefer to go about life, believe it or not, we actually like, uh, everyone listening to this, we like our lives to be simple. We don't actually like a lot of choices. Personally speaking, I like to wake up and know pretty much how my day's going to go. I'm not a big surprise birthday guy. (laughs) And sure, there's, you know, there's something alluring to being surprised at time, in a good way, of course. And then we can always, you know, we run into situations that we have complete, you know, no control over. And sometimes those things aren't good. But because we like fewer choices, we also have a tendency to begin to categorize people. You're either in or you're out. You're either, here in Chicago, you're either a Cubs fan or a Sox fan. You're either, you know, uh, you like McDonald's or Burger King, or, you know, just go down the list of different comparisons and think about, truly, think about all the, the binary, this or that choices that you're presented with every single day. And now think about the people that want to stay in the middle. How do we respond to those people? If I run into a Chicagoan who says something like, oh, I just like both baseball teams. I'll be honest, my immediate reaction is, wow, you're, you're kind of weird. People like to belong to a particular category. We're very tribal in that way. We like to belong with someone and almost by nature and by coaching and reinforcement, we begin to really dislike the other side. Brands know that. Marketing teams know that. If they can get you to become a loyal supporter, quote unquote, or an influencer, quote unquote, they will know that not only are you going to talk highly of the side that you're on, but poorly of the other side. That is what was missing with the PGA Tour. They had, they had no competition, really. Sure, there's the European Tour. 
But here stateside, we don't really even get to watch too many European Tour tournaments. I mean, they might be on at like 2 in the morning. But the introduction of additional choices in this whole, you know, bucket of golf, they're putting a big wager out there. They are betting that they can win you over. And it has nothing to do with the game itself. Now, the other group that knows this and fears it is the PGA Tour itself. They've already come out and said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, that, hey, player A, if you decide that you want to go play in this new tour, guess where you're not playing anymore? So there is no middle ground. It's complete human instinct here. We're almost regressing to that instinctual, it's you're in or you're out. And I don't see how any of this helps golf in any way. I really don't. You know, golf in itself, professional golf in itself, not not the overall game, but professional golf, it is entertainment television. Has been for years. I believe that it is becoming closer to professional wrestling than an actual sport. It's sports entertainment at this point. Think of all the characters that are being built and think of how they're being marketed and the different appearances that they're being. And sure, other go- other uh, sports rather, other sport associations, the, you know, National Basketball Association, the NFL, any any one of them, Major League Baseball, you're going to see those players appear and pop up in different places. They don't have any big competition. Now golf feels threatened. And the lines are being drawn. You can't straddle the line here. At least that's the message that's being presented to these these players. They're almost creating another paradox of choice here. Or they maybe want to prevent that. And what it all boils down to is us. They're all afraid of us getting confused as to what to do. But one side, the new side, the new professional golf tours, they're hoping that happens a little bit. Because a confused customer is an easily sold customer. They can be swayed. So my whole point in wanting to talk about this this week is not because of who's involved per se. You could find other publications, other podcasts that are going to talk about the horrors, and I know I touched on it in the beginning, but the horrors of Saudi Arabia and everything else. But I'm here, and from my point of view, customers are going to get wrapped up in something that they don't even want, yet somehow will believe that they have to make a choice and the players themselves are going to be faced with a choice even sooner than that. And again, this is completely separate 
and before any golf shots even get hit. No scorecards have been signed. No tournaments have started. And all of this is now swirling. And people are freaking out. So, as this continues to unfold, those who actually have control in this are you and me. And this is not some big existential crisis. Don't get me wrong. But I do really believe it's a a really good example of introducing additional choices to a customer base that they didn't ask for could confuse everyone and then ultimately end up hurting the underlying foundation that everything's built on in the first place. And in this case, it's golf. And I know many are going to disagree with this, but when I, when I think about professional golf, it, it, you have to think about golf as a game as well because that's where a lot of people compare their game to. I mean, that's, that's just the fact. Young kids, I mean, I'm not going to make this, oh, protect the kids, but, I mean, they're the ones that are going to look at, at these tours. They're the ones that follow their favorite players. And to reiterate, multiple choices aren't always a bad thing. I know I'm coming across in in a way that probably makes you think that I believe the, the opposite. I don't. Multiple choices is a good thing. Having many golf brands is a good thing. Having, you know, walking into a golf store with as many different golf ball types and golf, I mean, that's a good thing. What I hope doesn't happen is at the professional level, all of a sudden we've got, you're either in or you're out. And you can't, you can't like one thing or the other. And it doesn't just apply to us as, as consumers. It applies to the competitors. And I, I just really hope that if, if these two or three new tours are going to happen, that I... I hope that they can coexist. And maybe cooler heads prevail. I, I don't know. It certainly doesn't sound like they are off to a good start, though. <laughs> a lot of ultimatums are being drawn up already. Let me know your thoughts on the whole thing. I know this was a little bit of a different episode. But, um, you know, I think it's something that we're going to see unfold one way or the other over the next few months. Hit me up at uh, adam at golfunfiltered.com via email. You can find me on social media at golfunfiltered. And uh, let me know your thoughts on the whole thing. What do you think about all these tours popping up? Do you think that having additional com- competition in the professional ranks is a good thing as a viewer? Let me know. I'd, I'd genuinely be interested in your thoughts. Another quick plug. I uh, don't know how many of you based on the uh, listening demographics that I look at (laughs) who listen to this podcast. Um, I don't know how many of you dabble on TikTok, but uh, Golf and Filter does have a TikTok. And uh, what I'm doing on that, it's a a really cool little social media thing. Um, I'm still learning it, truth be told, but uh, there's a lot of new golfers on TikTok, young new golfers. And 
they've got a lot of questions. And so what I've been doing is I've just been posting some videos, very general inf informative things uh, for new golfers. So if you are so inclined and you're on TikTok, give me a follow at Golf Unfiltered there as well. Thanks for listening this week, folks. We will be back again next week. And uh, in the meantime, take care of yourselves, be kind to one another, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>